Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is Oh, so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash etm. Is there anyone else out there that watches House Hunters International endlessly, all while Googling, how do I move to that country just like I do? The idea of being a digital nomad and working remotely was certainly at the top of the to-do list before 2020, but now, of course, we're in a different world. But it isn't always going to be this way. If you ever had that dream of living the digital nomad life, this episode is for you. Carrie DePhillips is a longtime digital nomad, CEO of The Content Factory, and co-host of The Rocationing Podcast, and she is here to share with you what you need to know to embrace the digital nomad lifestyle. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, 
and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. As Carrie says, so much of the things that stop us from moving forward are these logical fallacies that in actuality don't exist. So how do you begin to make change? Well, as Carrie says, you need to take action. Action changes things. Now, maybe you're like me. I have often constructed so many roadblocks in my mind for why the digital nomad work abroad lifestyle just won't work, whether it's money, figuring out what countries to go to, can it really all work? All of the questions. Well, Carrie was in the same spot until a completely life-changing event happened, and she decided she needed to take action. So this episode is Carrie's story of how she became a digital work-abroad nomad, what she loves about the nomad lifestyle, and advice to help you do the same with ease. You know that the days when we can travel in Rome, they might not be that far away, even if it's really hard to imagine right now. So as with any goal you have in life, now is the time to make the plan and put the action steps in place because you do not need me to remind you that we only have one life to live. So let's live it well. I had put a a search on social media looking for someone who could talk all about being a digital nomad and you were referred by a mutual friend. So I knew uh, it had to be a great connection. And then when I read that you described yourself as an expert in building and scaling remote teams, digital nomadry, which I love that word, and living intentionally, I thought, okay, we we absolutely have to talk. So let's talk about, about being a nomad because I, I think especially this year, it's been very hard to be a nomad. We're all pretty much stuck where we're at. So what has 2020 been like for you? Uh <laughs> It started off with a uh, client meeting in Chicago and rural uh, Indiana. And then I got off of that flight back home to Amsterdam, where I have a lease on a great apartment right downtown. Um, And then I had a press trip to Goa, India for the Holy Festival, which was on my bucket list. And me and my podcast co-host... Uh, we were set to be there for almost a month and she went there. She was uh, pretty newly pregnant and COVID was like starting to be on the radar or the coronavirus rather was starting to be, but like on a very minimal level. And I purposefully isolate myself from a lot of world news. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty it, smart. You know, it's all about uh, securing your headspace, protecting your headspace, right? So I was very excited to go to the Holy F- Festival. And like, I, it's a, for those uh, of your listeners who don't know, it's spelled H-O-L-I. And I highly recommend that you Google image search, search that because it's this beautiful festival of people like touching each other's faces with this colored powder and like I have blonde hair. I came out of it with my hair was pink for over a month and a half. Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I almost got stuck in India because uh, we were, like I said, we were scheduled to be there for uh, 
my side business or my my side gig, if you will, is the Workationing podcast. And it uh, chronicles my adventures in becoming a digital nomad with my colleague and best friend. And we travel the world and it, it got a lot of media coverage. And as a result, we ended up with some wonderful sponsors, one of which was the No Name Guest House in Goa, India. So we were set to be there for a month and record all of this great podcast content. And I was very committed to that cause. But then the border started shutting down and there were all of these rumors as to like, nobody knows when it's going to happen. And um, my podcast co-host ended up getting out three days earlier than me because nine hours before I started making phone calls to the airport, she got in ahead of me. And nine hours later, I was three days behind on a flight out of India And we have friends who were stuck there for over 30 days because the borders really started locking down. So when I came back, I was so happy to finally make it back to Amsterdam, which is where my home base is right now. I'm originally from the U.S. Um, But uh, since then, I really haven't gone anywhere. And 2020 has definitely put a a damper on, um, on my travel plans. But more importantly, I got to witness firsthand how quickly things can change in an international situation, especially pandemic. Never in my life has something like this happened, Uh, certainly not to this degree. And the quickness with which uh, individual countries were creating their own rules and shutting down borders and making travel impossible for the people who... uh, we're either trying to get in or in my case, we're trying to get out was really scary. And beyond all that, I'm on team. Let's not spread this. (laughs) Yes. That's a a good team to be on. Thank you for that. (laughs) To be clear. So I've been uh, hanging out in Amsterdam. All of the restaurants are closed here. There are no alcohol sales past 8 p.m. Um, there is, you can't go into a coffee shop. The gyms are still open. Um, the museums for a while were closed, but individual borders out here are now starting to shut down. For example, Belgium is, uh, enforcing border lockdown soon. Um, France has an 8 p.m. curfew. Out here in the Netherlands, the restaurants are closed, but in France, you got to be home by 8 p.m. So it, mm-hmm. it's very much country by country. Uh, it's very much minute by minute. And the safest place I feel is at home with my cat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good place to be. That's a good place to be. Well, I, I mean, I just have like so many questions, but uh, just based off of your story, which is extraordinary, do you think is this going to change the way you travel in the future? Meaning, the fact that things can change so fast and maybe you have to scramble, maybe you have to come up with cash to get on a flight or whatever it might be. Do you think that this is going to change how you even prepare going forward? Yes and no. Um, I am inherently more aware of my responsibility as a human to be responsible in my travels 
in in my interactions with other people because you're seeing on the the news like every single day these people are having weddings these people are having funerals and their major life events that traditionally like and eventually hopefully all of that is going to go away to a point where we're not no longer wearing these like faceless masks which i, I really hate but uh the i as a traveler, if you've traveled, for example, if you go from the U.S. to Hawaii or to come in from basically any other country and in, into the U.S., including Puerto Rico, which is still part of the U.S., they ask you, like, do you have any weird foods? Because sometimes critters are in there. Uh, do you have any, like, exotic animals? And people sneak uh you know exotic animals on the plane and now like florida's got this horrible anaconda like snake problem going on right now and that really yes. shouldn't have happened you know uh in amsterdam there's like this special breed of parakeet that was never supposed to be here and now it's taking over all the parks and people don't really know what to do and it, it, so like on a less threatening level or at least less threatening to us because it's certainly very threatening to, to certain species or, you know, certain environments, uh, these various critters. I don't want to be a critter carrier into another country. And I have a whole new respect for that. I have a whole new understanding for that. And I have, uh, uh, I guess, a greater appreciation for res- like protecting different cultures or rep- like protecting other people in the sense that I don't want to get them sick. I don't want to violate their laws. I don't want to bring in, you know, my pet monkey. Cause, cause maybe that's going to go do some things that they don't want it to do. I, I don't have a pet monkey, but if I did, that was a, for some reason, that was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> if you're asking like how it's going to change my travels, I plan to travel as soon as possible. And as much as possible, uh, whenever it's safe and I feel secure that I'm not going to be endangering others in my adventures. Yeah, I think that's smart. Yeah, and and definitely leave your your pet monkey at home, please. <laughs> um, I, I don't want to quote your words, but I would love for you to share the story of um, the unfortunate passing of of your mom and how that really like prompted you to get into the nomad lifestyle, the you know traveling around. Because I think so many of us share. Um, you know, your sentiment from that story. And we really want to live life, you know, on our terms, or we want to do the things we want to do. We want to go to those festivals. We want to see everything. And yet so many of us stop ourselves either. We don't feel like we can do it, or we don't feel like we have enough money, fill in the blank with whatever it might be. But I think your story is really inspirational. So I'd love if you'd, if you'd share a little bit about it. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web. 
and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. <laughs> I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash ETM to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash ETM. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, 
Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work, up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnit app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talkin' Money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank & Trust, member FDIC. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance, so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value. Sure. Yeah. It, no holds barred. Here we go. Um, I grew up on a farm in Northern California my dad had uh, felony convictions and a terrible, uh, at least alcohol problem. Uh, my mom really held it down for us. And, uh, you know, she, despite her best effort, she was in, a, in an, an abusive relationship and one in which she like really couldn't find a way out of. And she used to always tell me, well, when you and your brother turn 18 and my, my younger brother is four years younger than me, and I'm thinking, lady, that's a long time, you know, <laughs> yeah. I'm like 16 and I'm like, six, I don't know. <laughs> um, and, and she was like, you know, when your brother turns 18, then I'll leave. And I found out later that he was threatening that, like, you know, if you were to leave him, he, he would kill us and it, he, it, it was just a really terrible situation. And I look look back at her situation with um, greater under, understanding and more empathy as I get older. But at the time, I was very frustrated. And so when I turned 18, I moved across the country. I went to college. I went to a women's college, which uh, I, I love an all-ladies education to the point where I co-founded Sisters in SEO, which is the largest network of women in uh, the search engine optimization industry. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash Sisters in SEO. Uh, it, we're up to almost 10,000 members, like women in a 70% male-dominated world. And I, I really credit my uh, college education, though I didn't graduate, <laughs> to, uh, in, instilling like a ladies, let's stick together, femmes, 
minorities, let's all stick together and, you know, make the world a better place. But um, my mom got sick when I went to college and it took years for her to be diagnosed. And she made it very clear that she didn't want me to come back to Northern California because she didn't want me to get stuck there. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't go. And she died when I was 22 years old. Uh, my mom was 42. And uh, it was a heartbreaking experience. She died of cancer, it was pancreatic cancer. Um, and w- when she died, she had left my dad. My brother had graduated high school, turned 18. Um, when she died, my dad got the divorce papers in the mail the same day. So she wow. had left him, but she never actually got to break free. And that mm-hmm. left just like so much rage in me. And I don't know, I'll censor myself here, but I do my best work from a place of FU. Yes. And that sense of just, I, I will not have that in the full breadth and depth of the wasted potential. To me, the sadness of my mom's death, like the grief, the devastation, wasn't in just the fact that she was gone. The larger sense of loss was in the life that was left unlived. And it stuck with me, and I really attacked that in every way that I could, and I still continue to attack that. Like, well, how how do I want to live? How am I best able to use the talents and abilities and interests that I have to make a difference, to, uh, you know, help businesses, help people, and further my quest to utilize my potential to the fullest? And that's what I started my agency out of. That's what I started the Workationing podcast and two-year travel around the world while knocking items off of our bucket list project came from. It's like I've got a disco ball above my work desk that rotates all the time. Yes, yes. Stuff. You know, like (laughs) how can I optimize my life in a way that delights me? suits me, uh, eliminates the things that don't serve me, and enables me to, you know, Oprah taught me a thing or two, live my best life. And also do the most that I can to not waste any potential, because that is like the greatest fear that I have and the greatest takeaway from my mom's very early passing. And my mom I like to say I'm a watered-down version of her. She was amazing, incredible. Like, I don't want to break down, but, like, that lady taught me a thing or 12, and I just, It breaks my heart to think of what she could have been if she had only gotten out of her shitty situation sooner. Mm, Yeah, I mean, wow, thank you for sharing. That's such a powerful story, and... I know that there's definitely somebody listening that's resonating with that for sure. Uh, you know, what what would you say to someone? I mean, this obviously has been a very tough year all the way around. We've all felt it. But 
what would you say to someone who 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 really wants to start living intentionally but just doesn't know how to do it? You know, are there any pearls of wisdom you can offer? I, I totally hate to be self-promotional with this like very heartfelt and important question. But if you look at the work or if you take a look at the workationing podcast and you go to There Is No Spoon, Overcoming Mental Blocks, so much of the things that stop us from moving forward are these logical fallacies that in actuality do not exist, but they uh they exist and perpetuate in holding us back from achieving our full potential. For example, uh, the sunk cost fallacy. You see that a lot with MLM people, uh, multi-level marketer people. I'm sure you've known a lot of people who, or your listeners rather, have known some people who really tried the like beach body thing or (laughs) supplement thing or that leggings company that did not really make it that well. (laughs) At what point, like at what point do you stop buying that inventory? At what point do you stop messaging these people that you haven't talked to since middle school? At what point do you look at that and say, I like spent a lot of time. I spent a lot of money. I uh, put a lot of potential personal embarrassment and received it quite frankly, on the other end of these like messaging people in the name of trying to build up my squad so that I could be the next team leader or whatever it's called now. Like at some point you got to say that. And in some cases, and for me, like I've, I've personally experienced that. Like I've been divorced. I got divorced at 30. Um, that, that was a relationship that I like, he was with me when I started my company. He was with me when I built my company. We had moved to different states together. We had traveled together. We had had all of these wonderful experiences, but like it wasn't working for me. And like I could have sat in and I did sit in that sunk cost fallacy. I spent so much time here. I got to, I got to maintain at some point it's going to pay off. Right. And there are so many of those that you can look at and like the imposter syndrome, for women in particular, imposter syndrome is the word. And you see it that you see it in our paychecks because we don't ask for raises because we don't want to uh, come across as abrasive or anything less than, you know, keeping things copacetic around here. Right. Like it, there are a lot of um, I love logical fallacies because I think that when you dig deep into them, you're able to identify the ways in which, um, I guess, just bad thought holds you back. But it's common thought. It's a it's the thought that it is natural, and you have to deprogram yourself to be able to recognize. Well, what's do I have I have I been bitching about my job for the last year or longer? Because for in many cases, it's you've been complaining about that job for a very long time or your boss or your pay. And like, what steps have you taken to remedy that situation? How many other jobs have you applied for that pay more and will cause you less pain in the last month, three months, 
did you start it and then did you give up? Like there's action required in digging out of these logical fallacies and these like comfortable pits that we settle ourselves into. Yeah. I mean, what, what great advice. Uh, I spend a lot of time on this podcast talking about mindset, like particularly around money, because it's, it's a topic that we tend to overlook. And a lot of those fallacies that you've talked about are, are things that, that, that stop people or keep people stuck in certain patterns. And I love that you talk about action because that's something I am definitely a, a proponent of is you have to take some sort of step and then another step and another step. And even if you don't know what those steps are, it's okay. Yeah. Just start taking a step and the next step will reveal itself <laughs> mm-hmm. or you go in a different direction, you know? Um, well, I, I want, you know, is, is, transitioning a bit as somebody who um is admitted like junkie of house hunters international um <laughs> i you know i definitely have this uh i don't want to use the word fantasy because that implies it will never happen but my husband and i definitely have this desire to to live abroad and and i think you know we run our own business and there's always these complications we come up with well what countries can we do this in where could we actually live you know for an extended period of time so tell me a little bit about like how did you choose amsterdam and and what is it really like to to run a business and work remotely when you don't need to actually work in that country? So a, a little bit of background. I started the content factory in 2010. So somehow I'm still only in my mid to late 27s, you know, but nice. like started it in the t- 2010. Uh, and uh, I began it as a remote agency from day one. I came from advertising right out of college. And I had to drive through traffic for like 45 minutes each way, rush hour, for the privilege of paying $280 a month back then uh, for parking downtown. I had to like get snazzed up. And the ladies know that that probably takes you a solid 45 minutes to an hour every day. That's unpaid labor. All of that is unpaid labor. I'm not a great driver. I used to get into fender benders that would make me late and cost me money. Like I didn't have to do that. All of the work was uh, totally possible to be done from home. And I also was in a situation where my boss had sexually harassed me. I had reported him. Um, The male owners of the company... uh, made him say sorry, but he was still my manager and I really wasn't into that. So uh, I started looking into freelance writing opportunities and I, my strategy, here's how I got got out of my crappy situation. I went through every city on Craigslist, the writing jobs, the marketing jobs, uh, the writing gigs, and all of the major cities Every single day I would apply. It was like largely a copy paste job. You can mostly automate it. But uh, I would apply to a ton of jobs a day. And within three months on the back end, like spare free time, I had replaced my income uh, working at a fancy advertising job downtown with freelance writing work from Craigslist. You can still do this today. I train people how to do this. Um, and we've got a workationing Facebook group as well. Um, 
But like, that's how I got out of it. And then you could never drag me back to that office of unpaid, like blow drying my hair every day, putting on heels. <laughs> I was in Pittsburgh at the time and it snows and she's like, no, I don't want to. I'm not going back. I'm not going back. Yes. And, and actually I don't have to, and you can't make me. So when I started the content factory, I uh, made it remote first, and that enabled me to source top-tier talent from around the country uh, who also had the same, like, hey, I've got lots of talent, but you're also not going to get me into that office downtown. Uh, Some of these people have chronic or have or had chronic health issues uh, and wouldn't have uh, been able to go to an office physically, but certainly still have a ton to offer the workforce. Um, and do, uh, others are like mothers who, or or parents rather, who really want to spend time with their kids working at an office and sending their kids to daycare, even if they could or do afford it, don't, they'd rather have that time with their kids. They want to see those first steps working from home enables all of that. And so I kind of stumbled onto something way before it was like the popular cool thing to do. And that's how I founded my agency. And uh, throughout that time, I was traveling around the country. I would go visit friends or family for like weeks or months sometimes at a time and always come back to, you know, my home base where I had an apartment or, you know, a a house is the case may be. And uh, it wasn't really until I started doing it with my team in 2008. Uh, we had like a team retreat and it was totally voluntary. You don't, you don't have to come to Puerto Rico. <laughs> if you want to, I'll pay for it. And I got this really cool Airbnb and there are two of them, you know, <laughs> like if you want to, you can, if not, like I'll, I'll cater your meals for the week. How about that? <laughs> you know? And uh that was fun and very effective. It was a great team building exercise. We knocked out uh, work goals because that was the deal. If you come to Puerto Rico, you got to help me knock out this course, or we've got to knock out this content plan, or we've got to build out the next strategy for this client, whatever the case may be, like there were set goals in place and everyone nailed them. And so when I replicated it again in Playa del Carmen in Mexico, I had made a new hire and uh, I knew that she was uh, being recruited by a couple of other marketing agencies. And I was like, I'll train you in Mexico. (laughs) 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 I'm going to the content factory. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Right. And that was great. And uh, actually, during that trip, uh, I had a conversation uh, and it was just like, well, why can't it always be like this? And I had been thinking about that for a while, and I had set the goal of in 2017, I'm going to travel the world while working as a digital nomad. And uh, my best friend and colleague, Kelly Chase, was like, well, that sounds splendid. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, on January 1st, we, well, before then, uh, within like four months, we packed up all of our stuff into 10 by 10 storage sheds. She put hers in. Ohio, mine was in New Hampshire, and we met in Puerto Rico, spent a month there, and then we went to Medellin, 
Uh, we went to Acapulco. We went to Prague. We went to uh, Montreal. We've been all over the place. <laughs> and uh, it, it's totally possible. Anybody who can work from home, and I don't want to say that if we're looking at the silver lining of a very dark cloud that is the coronavirus, what I'm hopeful for is that more business owners and managers are going to see that it is more cost effective to allow their employees to work from home. It broadens the talent pool. It makes them more happy. Statistically, it makes them more productive, which is contrary contrary to po- popular belief. Um, and it's better for the environment. Can you imagine all these people in LA not having to battle to get to work on time because they don't have to be? Yeah, like it's been phenomenal. Except there's nowhere we can drive to. But uh, but yes, we're definitely enjoying less traffic. <laughs> So so I'm hoping that this is really like, again, looking on the bright side, hopefully, um, I hope that more companies are going to recognize the cost savings, the expansion and talent acquisition opportunity, uh, the benefit to the environment, the uh, positive impact on employee productivity and mental health. And uh, enable more people to, if they want, listen, you don't have to be a full-time digital nomad. You don't have to do it for years like I did or have been doing when I'm able to. Uh, You can do it on a month-by-month or week-by-week basis, but it's possible to do great work and experience new things and see slap your eyes on the coolest stuff that you can imagine all at the same time. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's so amazing. And I'm I'm sure that so many people are um I can often hear people like screaming at me through the podcast, like, ask the question of how. So can you walk us through a little bit? Like, okay, let's pretend we're back in a normal time when we can all travel. You know, if somebody really wants to start embracing this digital nomad lifestyle, like what are some of the the steps that you you think they should take to either get set up or to find the right country to start at, to work from? Like, what should they do? So I have a free guide. It's a blog post. <laughs> I'll, link you, I'll send you the link and then maybe if you want, you can put it in the show notes. But it's called How to Untether Your Life and Work from Anywhere. And then I have a video, uh, How to Hack Craigslist for Remote Work. Both of these things are free. The video's on YouTube. Um, Step one is get a job that you can work remotely, right? Uh, Step two, well, where are you allowed to go? Unfortunately, during the like, let's remove the pandemic just for the case study purposes, because the pandemic makes things a lot more complicated. Like the U.S. is not like a friendly zone for a lot of countries right now. But like, right. So pandemic notwithstanding. Well, where do you want to go? Turns out you can go basically anywhere. I did it. Uh, I did not have a passport until I was 30. I got my divorce 
And I said, Carrie, now is the time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I went to the post office. I got that photo taken. I don't know why that paperwork was so intimidating to me. My family never traveled. Again, I grew up like poor white trash, you know, forgive the expression. And uh, so it was like a totally foreign experience for me that seemed very intimidating. Turns out all you got to do is like go to the post office, get your photo taken, and then you like write a check and you fill out some paperwork. And it came even sooner than I expected. It was like, oh, I've got a passport now. I feel like a fancy lady. And you can basically go anywhere. You can hang out in uh, the Schengen region of Europe, which is basically all of Western Europe. Double check that. I'm not a lawyer, but it's basically all of Western Europe. Yes. You can go hang here for 90 days. Uh, when I was in India, uh, my uh, I got 30 days there. I think Actually, I think I got 90 days there. That was, I think, 45 euros for that visa. When I went to Turkey, I spent uh, six months in Turkey last year. I picked up a street cat. And she stole my heart. And uh, <laughs> the vet was wrong when he said that, oh, you can take her on a plane right away. Nay, they turned me away. And then I found myself just like waiting it out in Turkey for this cat to turn six months so I could bring her home. But like I was, <laughs> I was able to do that. And it was no big deal. In, right. in fact, in Turkey, I overstayed my visa by like 13 days. You know, I, I had that cat I was worried about. It was just I was not counting my days in my passport very well. And uh, I thought the Turkish police were for sure going to throw me in prison because I got to the airport and they were like, no, ma'am, go over here. And I was like, well, that sounds very scary. OK, <laughs> I'm going to do it, you know. So I go over there and they're they're giving me the like disappointed dad face like you could have done better. And I'm thinking, oh, like, is this what, like, is this where I end up in, like, locked up in Turkey? Like, can I write my family? I didn't even, how big of a deal is this? And he was like, okay, you go downstairs to the ATM and you pull out, uh, like, 200 Turkish lira, which was, like, apparently $73 US. And he was like, can you just bring that to me and you're good to board your flight? Wow. And I was like, what if I do it again? And he was like, you're going to get another fine. And I was like, okay, I won't do that again. Because that was a very intimidating experience for me to go through. But uh, like, and I don't mean to be cavalier about over overextending visa stays, but that's been to date my largest run-in with any international, knock on wood, uh, any international police forces. It's like, it's as easy as booking a plane ticket, really. Yeah. And finding an Airbnb. And you can get great deals on Airbnbs. And uh, if you want to be strategic about it, the next level is if you're trying to network and meet new people, check out the digital nomad hotspots. That's why we ended up in Medellin, Colombia. Uh, Chiang Mai uh, is also very big. You can find them by like... Uh, Facebook searching digital nomad groups. And then you'll see like, oh, where's everyone hanging out? Maybe there's a reason. 
There's a built-in friend group though, because they have yeah. meetups every week. Like you're not going to be lonely. Like if there's a, if you were to solo travel around the world, let's say 50 years ago, that would probably be a very lonely experience. We live in the day and age of the internet box. So we're just a couple tap taps away from finding out like there's a meetup uh, of digital nomads or there's a meetup of uh, web programmers or pick your industry uh, happening every single week in all of these major and minor cities. Um, it, it's not a lonely experience. It's an intimidating experience speaking from personal experience. And maybe this, I don't mean to speak for all experience. It was a it was an intimidating experience for me to pack up all of my stuff and decide that I was going to travel the world. And I didn't even know where I was going after the first stop. I was just going to make it up as I went along. And I did. And out of all of the cities I visited, uh, Amsterdam, the most beautiful and easiest. Uh, everyone speaks English here. Um, I've never seen more gorgeous people. I've had better food. But the canals are one of a kind, and it was very easy for me to get a visa. Um, and now I'm able to stay in Europe. I renewed my visa earlier this year. I'm, I'm good for another five years. And I, like cost-wise, it required me to park 4,500 euros in a Dutch bank account, create a Dutch company, uh, which costs like, let's say, 3,500 euros, and uh, then I had to run at least 10,000 euros per year through that Dutch company just to, you know, get it going. That's like the bare minimum. There are, there are a few other hoops you have to jump through. But like that cost was relatively yeah. minimal. And through workationings, online courses and guides, I, we were able to achieve that within the first year. And it, so if you're like a freelance web developer or writer or um, you know, an agency owner or choose your adventure on whatever kind of digital job you currently have, you can, you know, consult your attorney. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you consult your attorney. But from what I heard and what I experienced, you can pretty quickly and easily uh, set yourself up with a long-term visa out, out here. And I have a friend who has written a book, uh, Seppi Tabibian. She, uh, she created the She Hit Refresh group on Facebook, and that's uh, women over 30 who are refreshing their lives through travel. And she was an early workationing podcast listener, and then she created her group, and that's really exploded, and uh, that's a very supportive place. But in the course of, like, fostering that community. She wrote a book called uh, I'm Out of Here, uh, An American's Guide to Me Moving to Europe. And so she's outlined, uh, I think it's like 30 plus countries you can move to. Uh, and it's on Amazon. I, I can send you that link too. But there are ways out. You just have to yeah. get, you have to like break yourself free of this mental box of it's too hard. It's really not. Even if you have no experience, you can... <laughs> You can do this. If you can work from anywhere, you can do this. Wow. I love it. Well, you have, okay, you've more than inspired me. Um, 
I am definitely, I'm definitely getting that book. Uh, and I will make sure to put all of these amazing links in the show notes. But please tell the listeners if they want to connect with you, they want to check out the Workationing podcast, Content Factory, everything, where can they go to find you? Sure. Uh, the Workationing podcast, W O R K A T I O N I N G, that's Workationing podcast, can uh, <laughs> be found everywhere you catch your favorite casts. Uh, we also have a Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash workationing. Uh, and the content factory is just content, F A C, contentfact.com. That's all of our social media handles. And uh, you can catch me on LinkedIn. I'm Carrie Ed Phillips, and my name will be spelled in the show notes. <laughs> yes, yes, and yes. Okay, I've only got one question for you. What roadblocks are you willing to push aside so you can live the digital nomad lifestyle like Carrie? If she can do it, why can't you? Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Please take a minute and share it with a friend who you know would enjoy it and then tell them to pass it along as well. And you can always see all the links to this episode, our sponsors, and all the links mentioned in this interview right in the show notes. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.